0: Welcome to the Real Family Guys podcast with Jeff Emery and Trey Gibson, the show where education and experience collide to help you go deeper in your parenting. Broadcasting from Abilene, Texas, here are your hosts, Jeff and Trey. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Real Family Guys podcast. This is the show where experience and education collide. Mama, mama. To take you deeper in your parenting. The date today is May the 6th, 2016. Our topic for today is Smothers' Day. That's right. We're going to talk a little bit about Mother's Day. First off, don't be offended, guys. What... Jeff and I talked about this at the start when we're getting ready for the show is we want to make sure you guys don't feel like we're coming in to give mom's advice and things that we don't have any clue what we're doing. Uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to use some of the advice from some other people that have uh, some some other mothers that have written a couple articles that are, we think are absolutely exceptional that are real and vulnerable a little bit as to what's, uh, you know, what mothers go through. You uh, know, we are going to cover that. We're not going to try to pretend like uh, we know what it's like to be a mom. I promise you're going to get some good stuff out of today. Stay tuned for that here in just a little bit. Before we do that, let's get into some quick housekeeping. If you guys want to stay notified of any of the new episodes that come out here at the Family Podcast Network, simple, easy way that you can do that, go to thefamilypodcast.com and if you'll look, There's a little bar down there about halfway down that's green. And you can enter your name and your email address. When you do that, you get notifications of when the new episodes of the Real Family Guys podcast comes out, delivered to your email inbox in the morning, ready so that way you know what happened that day. Make sure you jump over to do that. It is completely free. It doesn't take but a second, and it'll make sure that you never miss out on a single episode. Also, if you guys want to ask us any questions, comments, if you want to follow up with us, maybe there's something that you guys have been practicing as a family for, goodness gracious, I mean, we've been doing this show for for over 120-some-odd episodes. Uh, you know, maybe several episodes ago, you guys started practicing something and you noticed, man, this has really changed and this thing is different. Shoot that over to us. Now, this is not a vanity thing. Jeff aren't like one here, lavish us to make us feel awesome. This isn't about. Well, that's that. nice too. That's, that's nice too. <laughs> but what we really yeah. want is we want to share what works because it's one thing for us to make yeah. suggestions, to you guys. It's another thing for you guys to follow up and say, man, you know what? We put this into action and this worked. You guys might actually be uh, in that episode where you call that in or you write that email into us. You might be the, the the person that's kind of the catalyst for someone else to go, man, if they tried it and maybe it'll work for us. So shoot those messages in. Help support some of these folks that are out here in the Real Family Guys podcast. Uh, a stratosphere, the radiosphere, and, uh, and that can be a, a very big thing. All right. With all of the housekeeping out of the way today, Jeffrey, what are we talking about?
1: We are talking about our mothers. Everyone has one. And, uh, and we're coming up on, uh, on, I mean, today's Friday, but, uh, but Sunday's coming and we are going to be expected, um, obligated even to, uh, to make sure that, uh, that we let our moms know just how important, amazing, awesome, and fantastic they have been. However, um, there, there's almost kind of some, some humor that kind of goes along with it because, uh, I, I think in general, uh, parents can sometimes kind of feel underappreciated, which is why we have to carve out a whole 364 days a year. It's about the kids, but this day it's about mothers, or this day it's about fathers. And even then, there's a disparity. Have you ever heard? <laughs> have you ever heard the old saying, "Ain't mom happy? Ain't nobody happy?" I've heard, I've heard that one before. think right. There's
0: a little truth to it, at least in our there, household.
1: There might be, but but then <laughs> there's the corollary of how we we pay attention to Mother's Day, but we don't necessarily pay attention to Father's Day. So the corollary to <laughs> Uh, mom ain't happy ain't nobody happy is daddy ain't happy ain't nobody care (laughs) 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 which isn't exactly true obviously uh you know we we have a very um yeah just the job of parenting can can be a very unappreciated job um because it's something that's constant you can't you don't get to stop being a parent you don't get days off you don't get you know and so i i like I like the fact that we have a Mother's Day. I like the fact that we have a Father's Day. And, uh, and so this, uh, this podcast is going to just be kind of a, a focus on the whole, on, on the mother side of things. That's so, true. yeah, that's where we're at. Um, speaking about appreciation. I ran across an article, the, the, the thing that actually kind of spiked my, my interest in this, you know that, that I uh, I spend too much time surfing the web, <laughs> but uh, one of the things I look for is, uh, is articles that are trending that, uh, that talk about parenting that, that you and I can review, comment on, give our take on, uh, and one that, that ran across my, uh, my radar recently uh, was posted on um and it was titled, Parenting, Are We Getting a Raw Deal? Now, it was posted on April 1st, so I was already a little bit skeptical of where she was going with this, with that title, right? <laughs> um, you know, is, is she joking with this? Is she being sarcastic? Is she being facetious? But I read the article, and even though I agreed with some of her points, Trey, it really kind of sat wrong with me. Yeah. Um, and not because, I, like I said, I, she was making points that I, I, I didn't agree with. But uh, just the tone of it. All right. So let me give you just kind of an, an overview of, of how I felt about it, and then, then we can kind of discuss it a little bit. Um, she starts off by by just kind of revisiting her childhood, right? And um, she refers to her parents as, as uh, Jerry and Jenny, right? Um, I don't know why she didn't call them mom and dad, but Jerry and Jimmy. And uh, she says, you know, it's summer 1974 i'm up at 7 30 i'm out of the house it's saturday i'm doing what my what my uh my father told me to do i could be raking i could be digging holes washing cars right and then she contrasts that with summer 2016 as an adult i'm tiptoeing out of the house on my way to work in an effort not to wake up my children who probably <laughs> sleep until 11 right i left the chore chart they may or may not complete it but i left it on the kitchen counter for them or they could you know, just sit around and eat stale cheeses that so were in the room three days ago, right? Um and and so she starts off with this kind of contrast of man, do you remember what, what it was like when you were a kid versus now that we're parents? Uh, I was expected to whatever, right? You know, to get up and do things on Saturdays and and yada yada. And that's kind of the the tone that she takes throughout the entire article is um is kind of asking the question in in being so child centric child focused have we um maybe entitled them and and by entitling our kids to expect that um that you know when they turn 16 they get the new car while i'm driving a 15 year old clunker or you know hey because they're in in baseball i'm going to buy them a 300 dollars bat uh, whereas you know i don't even have a, a gym membership because I'm, I'm spending my money on my kids um are we getting a raw deal as parents
0: you know one of the things that i think is it kind of sets the 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 bitter taste at least in my mouth with a lot of this is that it, you know so much of this sounds uh, victimized uh, in terms of of parenting now guys, I want to make sure that we 're careful that we 're separating this out this isn 't a mom or a mother 's day type stuff here. this is we we're, Je- I, at least I, I Jeff and I both see this that both sides of the parenting spectrum of this do this moms and dad's both and uh, and i 've noticed and tell me if you 're seeing the same thing jeff but mm-hmm. i 've noticed that there 's been an, like an upsurgence and a rise in parents that are becoming more and more you know embittered about the you know their parenting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I stop and I think about it, I was like, you know, uh, the reason that it doesn't set well with me, like the reason this doesn't set well with me is that, you know, victimization is such a nasty place to go because it assumes that we don't have a choice in things. And I think that's one of the reasons why, because I'm with you on this. It doesn't it doesn't settle well with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- like I said, she makes some good points, and, and I don't want to, you know, if, if this ever gets linked back and she comes and here's our, our podcast, I, I don't want her to think that we're beating her up necessarily, just because I, I think that I agree with a lot of the conclusions she comes to. I just uh, I, I just don't appreciate, I, I guess, the tone that kind of comes with it, because um, she she keeps referencing, I, I guess, her experiences, and honestly, some of them are relatable, right? Um, and, and it's funny. She, she does it in kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of way while at the same time managing to come across as um, we had it better when we were kids because our, because adults didn't pay attention to us. <laughs> we could, yeah. um, she starts off uh, pretty, pretty soon in the, uh, in the article, she says something to the effect of, um, you know, when, when we were kids, we, um, uh, our, our parents kicked us out of the door or out of the house first thing in the morning. We didn't come back until you know later. My mom was inside smoking a can and we were three neighborhoods away playing with some kids we'd never met. We crossed two major highways on bicycles with semi-flat tires, right? Uh, if somebody wasn't bleeding, that was a, 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 a miracle, right? If we hadn't already skinned our knees or something like that. Um, but there was this mentality, at least how, how she sees it. We were kids, and if we weren't doing something around the house to help it, we were supposed to be out of the way, out of the house, right? Um And then she she shifts once again into contrasting how she sees things nowadays. She's like – she says, my personal belief is um, that somebody decided that it was necessary to give four-year-old guests a gift for coming to your birthday party, right? And that's probably the same person who decided that we're here to serve our kids not the other way around, right? So here's her example. As a kid, what was your costume for Halloween? If you were really lucky, your mom jabbed a pair of scissors into an old sheet, cut two eye holes, and you were a ghost, right? Well (laughs) – Jay, I, I gotta say, and now it's not it's not Halloween, but um, Amelia getting ready for um, an event this weekend um, that that our our town here in Abilene is putting on. It's a a little um, event at the at the library that, that they call LibCon. Uh, kids get to dress up and do some cosplaying stuff, right? Just like you do if you went to Comic Con. Amelia spent the past two weeks, literally almost every evening, working on costumes for the kids that's right.
0: impressive yeah that's impressive well
1: maybe not maybe from this point of view why should why should she spend two weeks of her time if these kids want good costumes why can't they make their own Ooh. you see what i'm saying why yeah. should why should as adults we have to give up our time now it's not that we're not meeting the basic needs of our kids we're not saying that we shouldn't give them uh food and shelter and and attention and and direction and and you know those things but why are we going to you know, 500 steps beyond where we need to instead of empowering our kids. And, and I think that that's, that's kind of the tone that she's taking, but at the same time, I love doing things for my kids, you know, for me, getting to know what's, what's interesting to them. The fact that they're cosplaying is this, you know, webcomic character or, you know, Ethan wants to steampunk his, uh you know, some clothing so that he's, he's got this kind of steampunk look, and then they're going to go and we're going to have a good time together as a family at this event, uh, that's a community event. Um, to me, that's what parenting's about. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I do.
1: So, so the tone of this, like I said, goes on uh, where where she she throws herself in the mix here. She says, "I'm one of those parents." You know, I I bought my kid a three hundred dollar bat with money that I should have put in a retirement account. Right. In other words, as a parent, I'm sacrificing. We ought to sacrifice. But her take on it is, "Are we sacrificing too much? Or are we?" Are we putting ourselves so far out there that our kids don't have to step up? And, and I think that that's the point that she eventually comes to in this article is um, are we robbing our children of an opportunity to grow and build character because we – want to give them the best
0: you know in the in the grand scheme like if if we're going to take a look at the the grand scheme of parenting especially in 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 what what is expected of mothers now i want to make sure that i clarify that when i say what is expected of mothers i'm talking about societal expectation right uh, Me personally, I rarely agree with most societal perspectives of what is expected from moms and dads both. Uh, For -hmm. instance, it's often expected that mothers be more nurturing. I I don't expect that from mothers. Uh, I think that there are certain people that are gifted in that and on both sides of that. Sometimes it's men, sometimes it's women. And and I think those can go uh, absolutely both ways. I do not have a problem with dads that are taking care of kids while moms go and work. I just don't. Uh, That's not the way we're doing it, but I Uh don't mind. And I think that is absolutely a healthy way to raise kids uh, as well. Well, so when I say that there's a there's kind of the the perspective of what is expected from moms, uh, when what I'm there seems to be kind of a dichotomy that we swing back and forth to, and it, the two sides of the pendulum seem to be uh, that we are we are too fluffy with our kids that we let them get away with too much. And then there's mm-hmm. the other side where we're too hard with them. And, and there's Ooh. the helicopter mom mm-hmm. and there's the, the too rough, too rigid too, you know tiger mom. That's right. Exact tiger. mom. That's actually a better, that's a better analogy. That's good, Jeff. Right, right. And there's the tiger mom. And, and I, I, I do agree 100% with the, the raw deal parenting author in that we are in a place, I think to where we are swinging back to the overly powdery parenting, Um uh, and, and I think she's exactly right, and I think she's sensing this, and I don't think she's wrong, and and we're making a, a move back to a place where we don't have very high expectations for our kids. We don't like to see them struggle. Uh, we like everybody to get participation stars, <laughs> and so you know, I mean, there's there's she. I I really think she's cutting down a path that I I, I agree with. Hmm. Okay, well, um.
1: W- when we get a little bit further than the article she uh, she actually has some good things and we'll circle back to that uh, here in a minute but um, but Trey I want I want to shift the focus a little bit and and um, and talk uh, about the you know the title of our article we call it uh, Smothers day right and and I think that you hit it right on when you were talking about different expectations and you mentioned the nurturing thing. Um, part of the, the, the joke behind the, that title, uh, you and I were talking about before the, we started recording the show was, um, was several things in, in pop culture. As a matter of fact, several TV shows, uh, one of them that we talked about was Modern Family, mm-hmm. uh, and the other one was, that uh, was the Goldbergs. Both of them have, um, have really interesting characters, uh, that have been on several seasons now. And, um, and they've used this term about smothers because, uh, they've got, parenting styles <laughs> that uh that <laughs> that kind of feed into to our societal expectations right in yeah. uh, in modern family it's it's kind of funny because the mom is not um is not the the nurturing mom so much she, she's more of a you know um i don't know how would you describe claire um,
0: oh definitely a type a uh uh very high energy um she cares more about getting stuff
1: done than how it gets done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, she's not coddling her kids, but she does have high expectations for them. Um, but at the same time, it's almost kind of a that critical mom stuff of, you know, um, like she's never ha- happy enough with, with what people do. Whereas the dad is more laid back and caring and he's the cool dad. Um, and so he accuses her of, of, of smothering the kids and she and she's at one point in the show she's like you think I smother the kids he says well it's part of the job description i mean it's got mother in the name you never hear of anybody fathering their kids <laughs> right and so it's and so he's he's kind of acknowledging that this is kind of the expectation we see moms um holding their kids to the standard and and being that type a kind of household management you know get stuff done the house has to be clean your grades have to be great kind of kind of criticalness if it's not that way something's wrong i'm going to get on to you until you get it done right um, and then on, on the other side, we see uh, – on the Goldbergs, um, we see a mom who is um, – I mean she wants her kids to have the best of everything and she's the type that is going to cook them breakfast and uh, and wash their clothes and if they want – to have something happen at the school, she'll march on the school and and bully the teachers into doing it her way, <laughs> you know. And and so maybe she's a little bit more on this um entitling our kids kind of kind of thing, where where she really the kids are the center of her universe. Have you uh, seen
0: it, Have you seen the episode, Jeff, where uh, the the oldest the oldest son and mm-hmm. the daughter get into a fight where they're vying for their mother's attention? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, it, you know, it starts off just very simple. But by the end, it's like they're, they're promising their mother these. Uh, <laughs> these you can live things. with me. That's right. You can come right, and live with me said. with my husband. And you can give me, you know, marriage advice all the time. <laughs> and then the, then the son would turn around. And, oh, yeah, well, you can come and live with me and still sleep in my bed. <gasps> and she's just like, she's like, <laughs> she looks like she's getting gold dust thrown on her. It's so funny. Such a good oh. show. If you haven't ever watched it, it's, uh, the Goldbergs is a hilarious show.
1: Especially if you were raised in the 80s, because it's just chock full of nostalgia. Oh, so yes, yes, so this week's episode was actually a Mother's Mother's Day episode, and and they uh, they had something similar happening between the kids. Uh, so it's pretty pretty funny stuff. But I'm I'm curious. Do you think with those societal expectations, do you think that, that the concept of of what it means to be a mom or to or even to be a parent um, has changed since we were kids? I mean, I, I think that's the point that um, that the lady here in this first uh, article, I, I want to call her by name. Um uh, Ronda Stevens um do you think that's the point that that Rhonda's making is just that the whole parenting thing looks different than it, than it did when we were kids
0: I absolutely think that that it has now I'm going to be very clear I'm going to I'm going to make one of the suggestions that I have seen uh that one of the changes that has happened there are so many of them that have occurred over the last few years mm-hmm. uh, you, you know moving back from the the 80s into now that there's no way that Jeff and I can name them all today. However, right. I, you know, I'm I'm going to bring up a few of the ones that I've seen. Some of them that I've seen is is that the from what I remember back when I was a kid, mom's roles were much Less involved with being a business owner operator. It seems yeah. as though now much of what, and I think this, and and I think the 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 article that we're talking about here uh, with Rhonda is has hit on that. Rhonda's nailed it really well, but we've moved so much towards this idea of the Claire from modern family uh, type parenting is that the mom is supposed to juggle all of these different things and have all these different things that they're doing, all these irons in the fire, and and they're supposed to be the perfect professional business person. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to be organizing everything and getting and getting kids everywhere. Where, where when I think back, at very least, to, to me and my friends, very limited, uh, a, a limited uh, example in terms of uh, how many people we can look at, you know, we—I mean, my mom, my our moms didn't spend a whole lot of time doing stuff like that. We no, we, they didn't. We sometimes got involved with some sports, and when they did, they took us to those. But uh-huh. it wasn't this whole bouncing from one place to the other and always being harried and frayed and, and and booking it and moving around and having to have your kids to all these different things. And if you don't have them in karate and soccer and all these different things, then you know you're not socializing them enough or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that really is—I mean—the the whole idea of you're not socializing your kids enough seems to be birthed from this new age idea of of parenting and what moms are supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think that's a great point, Trey, that uh, that there has been a shift, especially, and and I think that maybe that's even been an added burden because the other essential duties of motherhood have not changed. There's still kind of this, um, what I see, this expectation that uh, the, the keeper of the house um, is is going to be the mom, and not just not just the cleanliness and, and and upkeep, but also sometimes even finances and stuff like that. So not only is there this expectation that that we have to have our kids engaged in doing things, but we're still also taking care of that. And then you've got the economic reality that a lot of a lot of um, families are are two uh, income families because economically that's a reality nowadays uh if you're able to do it on on one income more power to you that's that's awesome and there are blessings that come from that but there are also sacrifices and um for a lot of families they just don't feel like they can make it or the um i know for me growing up one of the things that, that i got to see was even even though my mom was doing a mom you know she was cooking and shopping and clothing and, you know, and doing all those things. Uh, my mom also got two college degrees while I was growing up uh, because she went to night school, right? I, I remember going to my mom's college graduation and being super proud of her. And she set this, this, um, I guess, kind of standard that education was important, right? And so growing up, well, I've got four sisters. Um, every single one of them has been to college and got a, got a college degree because what's the expectation, they're going to work. They're going to yeah. do something. They're yeah. going to make their mark. There's going to that's good, and you know, there's there's a, a bit of this idea of empowerment, which is great. And and you know, women are, are every bit as capable and, and smart as men when it comes to you know having careers and doing things like that. I but I, I think that that's influenced the 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 landscape of of what parenting and what family. Uh, in general, and then specifically what, what mothering uh, looks like nowadays.
0: That's good, Jeff. I hadn't considered that. What an interesting line. Yeah, I think you may be right about that. So, if,
1: if parenting looks different nowadays than it does when we were a kid, um, I, I'm wondering how are we, as parents, helping our kids shape their idea of, well, here, here's a question I ask sometimes in therapy, uh, especially when we talk about parenting. I'll ask, how did you learn what it meant to be a good mom or a good dad, right? And and we'll just kind of explore what were your role models or who, who did you look to when you think of uh, of, a, of a good parent who pops into your head? For some of us, it's our own parents, right? We think, man, I, I turned out really good because my mom and dad they were and and we'll give all these different reasons they were caring, they were involved, they were they pushed me, they set a good example, they yeah, you know. And so I learned how to be a good parent from watching my parents. And then <laughs> sometimes I'll talk to people and they're like, oh, uh-uh, no, I learned how <laughs> not to be a parent by watching my parents. Right. My parents, man, they were never there. Um, you know, whether it's it's divorce or for some people, incarceration or sometimes
0: they had both parents there and they just they just didn't have a good experience with with either parent, you know. Um, and I'll even argue that there's even a combination of those two. I've talked to a few folks that said that, you know, I, I had a I had a I had a mom and a dad that did all these things right. Uh-huh. But I, they also did all these things so tremendously wrong for me. They said for me that was a wrong choice, and they said really it was kind of the both of those that that were really strongly influential. They said what their exact phrase was: "I owe a lot to my parents not only for what they got right, for what they screwed up, because <laughs> there was a lot of things that I changed." Eight, like I was talking to this mom at the time years ago, and she goes, "One of the reasons I, I love my parents for what they screwed up with me because it gave me that definitive understanding of this is what it feels like to be a kid treated like this." She uh-huh. goes, and it motivated me she goes it was so easy to want to fall into the habits of what my parents did and be just like them but yeah. it motivated me so much to make a change to be somebody different and uh, anyway that always really that st- that you know her comment really stuck with me and it, you know it, i mean what a beautiful mindset that that mom had about this idea of looking at her parents and saying i want to take these things away from them, but i also want to use these things that they taught me bad habits mm-hmm. to motivate myself not to become that too it was really it was a beautiful thing
1: you know, speaking of things we tell ourselves uh, as kids regarding our parents, have you ever, have you ever heard an adult uh, say something to the effect of, "Oh, when I was a kid and this happened, I told myself I will never do I that." I will to never my kids. do that. Yeah. Right. And, and, oh, then, yeah. and then on the other side of things, now that we're adults, I, I saw a um, something on Facebook the other day. Somebody posted said. Uh, I don't know what happened to me, but the other day I opened my mouth and my mother spoke
0: yeah yeah there <laughs> right? there are so many things that I said out loud. I will not ever do that that i I, I, I do <laughs> so many things well and i I think that that speaks to
1: kind of maybe the the truism that as much as things change, they stay the same, you know that there's still some some core essentials that i I think that in general. I, I would feel comfortable saying that most good parents want their children to do better than they've done. Yeah. You know, we want our children to thrive, to excel, and not just to have what we have, to, but to have better than, than we had. You know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely um, agree with that, yeah. So I, I think that that's something, Um, you know, and, and the things that, that we teach our kids and the lessons that uh, that we want them to take away, we here on the Real Family Guys podcast, we, we try to be really proactive so that we're not doing that reactive parenting, but instead we're saying. You know, I'm not waiting for something to mess up with my kids and then say, Oh, how do I fix this? I'm looking ahead and saying, How do I want my kids to thrive and yeah. excel and yeah. what needs to happen in order for that to occur? How can I how can I help things go right rather than how can That's I good. fix things that are going wrong, you know? Um and and I think about the lessons that, that I learned from from my parents, whether they were reactionary or or um or preventative. And uh, I I've got some really good stories, Trey and, and I um this being a uh Mother's Day podcast and uh and you know, since it's ours and we can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> I, I want to brag on my mom for a second. One of my favorite stories, and ironically, I've told my mom this story. She doesn't remember it. Um it, it made such an impact on me and, and has been a life lesson that I've I've shared with others and even my own kids that um that I, I think it's funny that for me it was a really pivotal thing. And for my mom, it was just a one off. It was just yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's how fun. things happen, Jeff, That's right? cool
0: though. I like it. Yeah.
1: So um, the setup is we, um, we were living in Lubbock and had just started going to, uh, a, a really big church. We'd been at a small church of maybe 80 people for a long time. And, uh, and we were worshiping at a church that had like two Sunday services cause they had thousands of people that came. game. Right. And I was at the point where I was just coming into, uh, the middle school youth group. I was like in eighth grade, I think eighth or ninth grade. And, um, <laughs> Of course, they had all sorts of fun stuff going on, and I, I wanted to do that stuff. Uh, but I have four sisters, and when uh, when you're at that place where you got a bunch of kids, Trey, you ever feel this way? Um, there's always too much month left over at the end of the money.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, very <laughs> much so, frequently. So
1: I remember one Sunday evening, I came up and and very excitedly asked my mom. I was like, "Hey, mom, uh, the the Youth Group is going to went to the dollar movie and we're going to you know, stop at McDonald's get some I just need $5 so I can go and do this. And I must have had this look on my face that was just so expectant, right? But as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I looked at my mom's face and I knew I, I shouldn't have asked because, you know, sometimes parents feel like we're just ATMs, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially at this stage where where kids are getting involved and, and the stuff that they want to do costs a little bit of money. Um and so this look on my mom's face, I, I could tell I shouldn't have asked. And so I started backpedaling. I was like, you know what, Mom? It's okay. I'll, I'll go next time. It's all right. I, I don't need it. And she's like, no, Jeff. And she reaches into her purse and she pulls out a billfold, right? And this whole time I'm like, no, no, Mom, it's okay. You know, I, I don't need anything. I'll, I'll just tell them that, well, Jeff. And she looked at me. She's like, just a minute. She opened her billfold. There was one $5 bill in it. And at that, looking back, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'll bet that that was kind of like I'll, I'll stick a, a five or a 10 somewhere, you know, in the, in the visor of the, of the car, um, so that I can get a, a Sonic drink or something. You know, I, I don't keep it in my wallet because if my kids know it's there, <laughs> they're going to get it. So I like stash money in different places. Right. Um, and I, I, I'm thinking looking back, that's probably mom's $5. That was something that she was going to be able to, to, you know, get lunch one day, um, because, you know, this is 1990, <laughs> so you can buy lunch yeah. for $5. Um, and, and so I'm like, Mom, Mom, no, it's okay. And she took it and she put it in my hand, and I tried to give it back to her. And finally she just looked at me and she grabbed me and she said, Jeffrey, that's when I knew she was serious, Jeffrey. No. Sometimes part of grace is letting people be gracious towards you. Mm-hmm. Take
0: it. That's heavy duty right there. I mean, and we're, we're talking that moves outside of philosophy, into, and that's pure wisdom, that's just beautiful wisdom and and Trey I've remembered that there have been
1: times where I, my pride has has not wanted or has, has allowed me to to not want to accept people's help or I've thought oh somebody else is more deserving or something like that um, and and I've remembered this I remembered you know sometimes this whole grace thing I need to be on the receiving end and and I need to to experience that as well and that's a lesson I took away from my mom and, and I learned because like I said, the core essential that, that I think is true of all parents then and now is that we want we want good for our kids and we want them to have good experiences and we want them to be able to do stuff even to our own detriment.
0: You know, one of the the characteristics of myself that I disliked didn't it didn't come from my mom, but I I have a tendency to be very impatient with the kids, and so if they come up to me and they're like, "Dad, I, I'm I'm oh good example," just the other day, Cora came up and said, "Dad, I lost my my something like one of her little stuffed t- you know animals, and she mm-hmm. couldn't find it on the bed," and my my instant natural reaction. Is to say, is to say like, yeah, just baby, just go to bed. It's, it's way past that. You should have thought about that before we started bedding down. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's asleep and you're rifling through your bed trying to find something that you should. <laughs> so this is what I go through. Right? I come up with all these justifications to avoid doing what deep down in my heart it feels the right thing to do. And right. What What changes me in that? is that I stop and for a very brief moment I think back to what the first grade I didn't do kindergarten or I didn't do, I didn't do pre-k so it was kindergarten first day of kindergarten I remember that I had to go get on the bus and you know the, the day before the first day of class we had all we'd gone up to the school and we had walked around all the halls and we had seen you know where the teacher's room was and right, they right. told us where the bus would dr- you know would drop us off at the school and where we needed to walk to trying to make us as comfortable as possible but I was terrified <clears throat> I mean I was absolutely terrified and I you know I remember that I, I, I was just complaining about how scared I was and I was crying and I was I was so scared and it was way past bedtime at this point so first day of you know class I was already staying up way too late and I I remember that my mom sat down with me and and she said I tell you what she goes do you remember on the front door what was on the front door Trey and I said oh uh it was a Bugs Bunny. It was a, like a almost a life size Bugs Bunny, you know, pinup type thing on mm-hmm. on her front door. And she goes, "Okay." So she goes, let will tell you what." And she sat down. My, my mother's an incredible artist, and and she sat down and drew uh, a perfect replica of that Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And uh, and said, I tell you what, now you've got you've got yourself a Bugs Bunny map tomorrow. You're going to put this in your pocket, and when you go, you're going to pull this out, and you're going to look for Bugs Bunny on the door, and you know you're going to get there. And she stopped in the middle of any type of frustration that she could have had, if any kind of justifications that she could have made to not sit down and do that. She took yeah. that opportunity to be that mama that sat down, addressed my fear. Child, As childish as that fear may have been, it was real as a mug to me. Uh-huh and right. she she validated that and she sat down and she helped create something for me that, that that it created a piece and i i am not as good as my mother at that she is so much more patient about those kinds of things that, than i am now however what talks i am almost always a jerk for about 3 seconds before <laughs> before that before that little image kicks in in my head and i go Oh crap, yeah, you're right. You're right. I need to, I need to do that. That's the right thing. No <laughs> justification if I take all of that out, what do I get left with? Well, the right answer is I need to go in there and help Cora you know take my little headlamp put it on and we're going to dig around that bed until we find it because it's important to her because yeah. it matters to her and while it may be a childish concern or uh childish whatever else the reality is is those emotions are real to her and uh, so i owe that i owe that to my mother that that i'm even able to be like that and and avoid the the uh, the post 3 second turdery that i can i can start with
1: <laughs> well i i think that that's uh that that's interesting that, that you tie that back into you know, it's not it's something that you've learned to do for yourself for your kids, but but you can see that the seed that was planted of the ability to do that yeah was with your was with your mom, right? Yeah,
0: that's right. Oh, by the way, she remembers none of this, like you said. She right. she doesn't remember this story at all.
1: Kind of makes me wonder what our kids are, are going to uh, yes. to remember about us down the road. Yes. I did please. I did one of those little Facebook quizzes not long ago, Trey, where it was like uh ask your kids these things and then post it in your facebook status and i don't remember all the things some of them were kind of silly but i do remember being really proud that uh, the first question was what's something that your dad says all the time and all three of my kids said i love you
0: huh oh oh shot to the heart
1: i know i'm like okay i'm doing something right Uh, you know that's something that my kids say to the you know to the point that they get sick of hearing me say it, <laughs> Dad said, "Have I told you that I love you today?" You know, and uh, and so I'm I'm glad that that's something that, that they remember about me that, that you know that I do often enough. It's um, it's standard for them, and I hope that they take it and pass it on with their kids because I think it's important to say I love you every day to the people that you love uh, as often as you can. Um, so circling back to uh, to this article of this mom who, you know, thinks that she's getting the raw deal as a parent. I I, I want to remind our listeners that i started off saying i don't disagree with her overall point <laughs> you know just kind of her curmudgeonry as, as far as, is that a word uh of, of getting there you know it,
0: yeah
1: because what she what she really comes down to she says i worry that by being these helicopter parents by being these enabling parents that we've robbed them of things that are as important for their development and for them to be successful later as anything else and, and so she she does get around to making a really good point and that i do agree with and and so i want to i want to give her give her that credit and and just kind of review this really quick and then we're going to transition to something else. Um, The characteristics that she's talking about, that if we we were less enabling, um, Mm -hmm. that we might help our kids to do better. One is delayed gratification. We talked about this before and I absolutely believe this is an essential skill um, for our kids to understand that just because we have to wait for something, doesn't mean it's a bad thing in fact it actually enhances the value that we place on something when we can delay that gratification a little bit yeah that's really good um and uh i love the point she she says here she says um to to our kids delayed gratification is having to wait for their phone to charge (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a very modern way to put things right um the, the second point that she says uh, that, that we may rob our kids of, of the ability to, to develop is problem-solving skills and the ability to manage uh, emotions. Once again, we've talked about that here on the Real Family Guys podcast. Um, I think there are different ways of, of getting at it, but I do believe those are essential things. Instead of solving all of our kids' problems and rushing in to rescue them, um, it's better to, uh, to let them feel the sting of failure and to encourage them to figure it out because they need to to have that skill. Um and then she mentions independence. And, and Trey, uh this I, I think that uh I, I look at your family and, and how you do things and I love the way um you've even talked about it before uh is the term free range kids or free range parenting is that right
0: uh-huh, yeah yeah that's real popular right now yeah. Yeah so
1: so she's talking about independence, right? And When you constantly have a a parent helicoptering over you or hovering over or or smothering you, um, it it really stifles that – even that desire to be independent. Um, And so instead of figuring out who we are for ourselves, we start living up to this expectation of who somebody else expects us to be, right? And so um, just like in in the wider realm, we may – sacrifice our liberty (laughs) for, uh, for security. And, and sometimes that happens in, in childhood development too, is we feel so safe and, and we have everything given to us. We don't have to figure out who we are when it comes down to a crisis, you know? Yeah.
0: Absolutely, and I know, and you you know you see that so regularly. There's a w- several years ago on uh, Family Podcast Network we had a lady named on uh, Dr. Donna Volpita, and she actually coined a term that was so good. She called it we, "We're Living in the Teacup Kid Generation." Oh yeah, and, and I thought that was so. I mean, that was so influential. I, use, I I I've used that for so for the last two or three years. But we've got kids that have been. Um, cradled, and I choose that word very uh, uh, carefully, like over the word coddled, uh, mm-hmm. because because I, because I really think that in a lot of cases there is a, a, an intrinsic motivation from parents, an internal motivation that really we just don't want to see our kids hurt. We don't want them to get chipped. We don't want them to get you know to, to get shattered. And so what we do is. We over insulate them from uh, struggles and difficulties and, and independence is are those things that allow kids to fall and to scuff underneath. The reality is as kids are not teacups. They don't get dropped and they fall. They're they're human beings, they're flesh and blood. And and the good thing is is that wounds can heal uh, in terms of pride getting hurt or embarrassment or f- absolute failure. Kids can heal from those things. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we set them up for failure or that we allow them to, to, to fail at something that is life-threatening uh, or life-altering and that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we love independence, man. It's so good. Uh, failure is a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, and and actually, that's the last point that I wanna I wanna circle back to here in this first article is that uh, the the last quality that she talks about that that we need to um, develop in our children is mental toughness, right? Um, she she mentions you you said failure is a good thing. She qu- says adversity is a good thing because it teaches you what you're made of. Uh, it puts into that 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 old saying, uh, "What doesn't kill you makes it strong. It makes you stronger." Um, and I don't I don't believe that 100 percent sometimes things that don't kill us maim us <laughs> um but in <laughs> in general uh we do we, we learn we learn those lessons that uh that we don't learn from other people's experience because we have to learn it on our own right and her point and i i think actually you could kind of summarize why, why what she says in this this last paragraph she says our bubble wrapped kids are so sheltered from adversity <laughs> bubble right bubble wrapped kids. So this is that teacup quality oh. you were just talking about I wonder how the mental health professionals will handle them after the world chews them up and spits them out a few times, right? Um, so she comes she comes down to making the point that uh, that it is that we do need to foster these characteristics in our kids. I guess what what my takeaway from this is is that it sits a little bit differently with me because I think it's possible for us to engender these qualities without necessarily throwing our kids to the wolves, without putting them in in honestly some unsafe situations that we had when when we I I don't want my kid to have to figure out that um what um what tetanus feels like because they you know (laughs) slice their their foot open on rusty nails because they weren't wearing shoes outside you know um is that a lesson yes do they learn something from it yes um are there other ways for them to learn don't slice your foot open on a you know rusty fence yeah there's better ways to learn that you know
0: um, you know, it, there's just kind of an interesting story that goes along with what we're talking about here. Uh, the other day, you know my my daughter my daughter Anna is our is our our oldest. She's almost ten, and she is uh, just our little bio, you know our biologist. She loves animals and and critters of all sorts, uh, including the things where we've had to go. All heck, no, Anna. Uh, <laughs> she wants like she's like she wants a pet snake, and we we've just had to say, listen, you're gonna be an adult, and you're gonna have your own house, and yes, you can have all the snakes you want. But here, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> We don't, we don't do snakes then. and, uh, but we, you know, we talked the other day, you know, we're going to, we're going to be getting some, um, some rabbits and uh, these, yeah. are gonna be, these are going to be, there's going to be rabbits that predominantly I'm going to collect their, their poop basically and use it for garden. But there's also going to, we're going to harvest some meat from them. And, uh, mm. so, you know, we've, we've got a little biologist here that we've got to think about. And so we've been sitting down in the last few days, I've been having some talks with Anna and, uh. About you know what is our philosophy on 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 taking the life of an animal and mm-hmm. uh, and it's I'll spare you guys the details in it but it's been interesting and what was what has been interesting in it too has been watching it, it has almost killed me because I mean I've I've had years to develop this ability to to logically reason through my belief systems about uh, you know livestock and that kind of stuff and, and poor little Anna just she hasn't and so you know I was Socratic we we're using the Socratic method Socratically I was I was questioning a lot of belief systems about, about what she felt was right and wrong in terms of this and and it was interesting too that, that dichotomy of feeling you know there was that part of me that almost felt crushed almost to be questioning these little these beautiful little beliefs that, that she's been able to assemble about what she and, she and some of them are very unique to her even her mom and I don't share those with her but we've allowed that to grow but then using some of this you know just logical thinking uh, to help her kind of break some of those ideas and reform them and break and reform and it's in interesting, too, that desire that for even just me personally I've had. I, I mean, I don't want to damage those little belief systems because right. they're so neat. But at the same time, if I don't, I know there will be somebody that will come along and they don't really care about her. They're not like i her. do they don't love her yeah. and they're going to they're going to crush her that's a great word for it they're going to crush her so what i want to do is i, I want to strengthen these belief systems in logic and but I, I think that's it's interesting that we're talking about this too because it just dawned on me that came up the other day and finally she was like dad i think i'm tired of talking about this and she goes you're just confusing me and but it was <laughs> it was it really was a good conversation to have even though it was you know there was that dichotomy and that pull
1: absolutely um, and and I think that, um, that that's part of the joy of seeing our kids develop uh, when they can when we can see them reason things out and know that they're gonna come to their own decision about stuff and we're okay with that so um, so I I mentioned earlier that, that we have some essentials that uh, that that we kind of agree to disagree about with with parents that uh, that when it comes down to it we may not agree that this is the best way of getting to to um, getting to this point of how do we teach our kids these characteristics? I, I don't necessarily agree with, uh, with the um, with the author, but at the same time, I think that uh, that she does make some good points, right? So we've had listeners who have um, who have been with us for a while and, and they know our philosophies and everything and um, and I, I just want to kind of close with with this idea of uh, and maybe we can explore explore it more uh, a little bit later, but um, what does it mean to be a good mom? What does it mean to be a good dad? What does it mean to be a good parent? That's when when I, I teach this parenting class, Trey, and I've mentioned this before, um, and the the population that I'm drawing from when I when I teach this parenting class is it's a court ordered um, parenting class for for people who are going through divorce, right? So when they come into my class, they're already coming in with the uh, a little bit of. Um, well, they, they don't want to be there. It's like, just because I'm getting divorced doesn't mean I'm a bad parent. Who are they to tell me I have to come take a parenting class, right? So they're already a little bit hostile. On top of that, they have to pay for the class out of their own pocket. So yeah. <laughs> they're coming in
0: thinking, man, this is – right? <laughs> a little jaded.
1: Right, right. And so one of the first things I do is is I kind of – I set the expectation that whatever – and I tell them, I said, whatever brought you here tonight, whether you were uh, compelled to come here or mandated to come here or whether you're you're here for a different reason – I want you to know that my belief about us as parents is that we love our kids yes. and that we want the best for them and we want to be the type of people they can look up to, right? Last week when, when we recorded uh, this podcast, uh, we talked about this whole idea of being able to be the kind of parent that we can say to our kids, watch how I do this, watch me, You know, emulate me, model me. And that's the kind of parent that I want to be for my kid, and that's the the kind of parent that I expect would, would be listening to this podcast in the first place. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Uh, you know, one of the things that, yeah, absolutely. One of the things Jeff and I uh, agree with wholeheartedly is that uh, these ideas that so society pushes is what is the role of a mother, for instance, uh, is it, it, they try to make it sound like it's a very uh, a static role. You know, these are the things that you're supposed Ooh, to do. But uh, we both we both really reject that. Yeah, it's dynamic. Uh, in terms of what is a mom, the answer is I, I genuinely believe whatever your kid needs um, you know there there are certain things Corey and i reverse a lot of roles in a lot of ways uh Corey is more of the organized and the the focus and i am more of the 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 love you know the loving and, and doting type and and uh, and so you know i i want to encourage you guys as you ask yourself what does it mean for me to be a mom uh this mother's day uh the answer to is, is whatever your kid needs what do they need right. from you and here's a question too that i think the hard question that i've had to ask myself way too many times what are they needing from you that they're not getting mm. what are they needing from you that as a as a mom as a dad that they are are craving and they're not getting from you maybe they need more physical attention uh, maybe they need more independence it goes both ways but uh, I I I, I I ask, I encourage this Mother's Day to, to also take that time to ask yourself, what are those, what are those areas to grow in? And, uh, and, uh, I want to say thank you to all moms that are out there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you this, this stuff doesn't happen without you guys. And uh, I have a huge respect For mothers Though the answer is supposed to be That that roles are supposed to be fluid And you you meet the areas That you're best able to meet The reality is uh, Is that society actually puts A lot of uh, expectations on you guys uh, And I'm going to be honest And I bet Jeff will back me up in this uh, There is much more that's expected Out of you guys than is expected out of us as fathers um, I would agree with that, yeah There is a tremendous amount That is placed upon you guys And I have seen seen such shining examples of women who have filled those roles in some cases, and then some that I respect that have completely uh, pushed against those to be exactly what they needed to be and what their kids needed to be. And uh, I want you to know that I have a deep, uh, respect for you guys I wouldn't be here If it wasn't for my mother And uh, in many cases uh, There are going to be Opportunities for you To be exactly that To your kid uh, You will have no idea What story That they're going to Share back That you're going to be like I did that That in a lot of ways influence or change Their life completely So uh, we love you mothers And you guys are awesome Thank you for what you Doing and have done
1: Trey I don't think I could call that up By adding to it uh, that, that was very well worded uh, Moms we love you uh, you're awesome, even when you think that uh, that you aren't quite living up to anybody's expectations, or that you're you're failing as a mom. Uh, just the fact that uh, that you're that you're trying, I think, is uh, is remarkable. So, thank you for being the moms that you are to your kids, and the dads that are not listening. You're the, you're the dad you are because of your mom, and uh, and so this Mother's Day, don't forget to call. Don't forget to tell them how awesome they are. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll, we'll catch you again next time. See you guys next
0: week.